I am back with the latest update in our Market Bottom series. And if you're new to the series here, uh, last August, almost a year ago now, I started looking at six indicators, which historically have given us some clues as to whether we'd seen uh, the market bottom. And this comes uh, on the heels, or it came on the heels of, you know, the strong drop that we'd seen in 2022. And then in around October or so, we saw what currently are the low points for three of the major North America indices. And then December, we saw the lows for uh, the NASDAQ. In this series, I'm assessing the data. As I said, I'm using history as a guide just to give us some clues as to whether we've uh, seen the worst. Now, um, at our last update, which was from May to June, you'll recall that everything was up during that time period. As we can see by this chart here, we see some very strong uh, gains in the American uh, markets, not so much here in Canada. Since that time, so in the last 30 days or so, again, everything is up. This time the TSX taking the lead with, you know, 4.3% roughly gain as of the time I'm filming this video. But in uh, the Dow Jones, the S&P 500, the NASDAQ are also showing a positive gains. If we look at the one year number here, we can see strong gains in the US markets, very strong in the NASDAQ, not so much here uh, in Canada with the TSX. But this will show us, if we look back to October last year, sort of the, the, the lowest point so far with uh, the, the S&P 500, with the Dow Jones Industrial, with the TSX. And then in late December, we can see where the NASDAQ hit its most recent lows. So when we look at these numbers, no question, things are looking pretty good out there. And there's a lot of talk that we're in um, a bull market now. I want to take a, just a look before I get into the metrics that I usually look at in this video. I want to look at how far we've been up since those most recent lows. I want to look at what would it take to retest those numbers. I want to I want to sort of do, do a little bit deeper dive and say, are those market lows we saw in October and December last year safe? So, so I want to put a table up on the screen here. And this is going to show the four indices that I'm tracking here. It's going to show the current levels the lows and the date that they hit those most recent lows. So we can see that last year, the gain since the lows and what type of a drop would it need in order to get back to those low levels. So just as the example, we look at the S&P 500 currently trading at about 4,554. The low was reached uh, back on October the 12th last year, 3,580. So that's a 27% gain since that time we would need to see a drop of around 21.4% as of now to get back to that level. We can see the NASDAQ's numbers. It would need to drop just over 30% to get back to those lows. The Dow Jones Industrial Average would have to drop about 18.9% and the TSX would have to drop about 11.5% to reach those lows. So the question I guess I'm trying to answer here is um, how likely is it that we're going to get back down to those numbers? There is a chart I look at every quarter on the JP Morgan Guide to the Markets. And this is something I just want to take a moment and look at here. And it will show us the gray bars show on a calendar year the gain or loss, but the, the return for that year. The red numbers are the intra-year lows. And just so if we look at an example, I'll use a sort of an extreme example here, maybe go back to 2008, of course, when we saw the credit crisis. We saw the markets end the year down 38%. But during the course of the year, the markets at one point were down 49%. 2009, the markets ended the year up 23%. But at one point during the year, they were actually down 28%. And you can sort of see as we look along here, there are pretty consistent times where the market drops, say, 20%. We see in 2020, 34%. And even when we look a little bit more recently, we see a 25% drop 
uh, back in 2022. So uh, without question in my mind, it is possible that the markets will get back to those lower levels. I want to look for each of these indices at three month returns. Now, there are rolling returns. You know, there's an infinite number of combinations you can go into to try and determine what an appropriate number would be. But I want to look at three month returns for each of those going back around 40 years or so. If we start with the S&P 500, this will show us the green lines are positive three month returns and the red lines are negative quarterly returns. And, I've, and just for a point of reference here, I've added the yellow line, which shows 15% negative. So we can see the number of times that these indices did drop 15% or more in a quarter. So what's really important to understand here are these are measurements for a drop in a three month period and they go one after another. So it's possible that we see a quarter with a drop, another quarter with another drop, another quarter with another drop. And if we just focus on this section right here, we can see we saw a 5% drop roughly in the quarter, then a 16 or so percent drop in a quarter, followed by another 5% in a quarter. So this is not rolling time periods. These are cumulative. So if we see drop after drop after drop, we can see that the, some of those numbers we looked at are in fact at risk. Remember, these are sort of a compounding effect if you have consecutive quarters with a drop. The NASDAQ, we'll just quickly look at these numbers here. Again, similar patterns. Dow Jones Industrial Average, we'll see those gains and drops. And if we look here at the TSX, again, we'll see a very, very similar picture. So. These numbers just give us some insight as to the you know, possibility. Will you know? Can the markets drop um, 10, 15, 20%? Of course, they absolutely can. These charts don't guarantee anything, of course. Uh, but I also would say that it's important that we don't outright dismiss uh, the possibility of a correction coming down the way. As we say here, um, there's no one answer for everybody. And uh, you know, in BC Lottery Commission here, they have a saying that says, know your limit, play within it. Same thing here. Just make sure you're understanding what the risk profile of your portfolio is uh, and play within your own limit. So let's get on to the meat of the video today. What is happening today? And as always, we're going to start with the yield curve or the yield curve inversion. And the key here is that if we use history as a guide, when the yield curve has inverted, and we're going to look at a couple of different yield curves here, when it does invert, there's typically, historically, there has not been a bottom to the market until those yield curves um, turn back into positive territory. And when I say no bottom, uh, this oftentimes the bottom has not been reached or at a minimum, there's uh, the likelihood of a significant um, correction. So last month, if we review here, the blue line is the US 10-year three-month yield curve. We can see that it was well into negative territory. The orange line is the 10-year two-year yield curve, both again in negative. Today, no change in the big picture. We see that both of those are slightly more inverted where they were last time. And so, again, I'll come, sort of come back to this. The curves historically have gone positive then the correction or then the, the worst of the market has, has yet to come. For a little bit more context, if you look back to the previous uh, video, I'll put a link for it here in this series. You can get more, uh, a better idea of, you know, I'll give you some more historic examples. Uh, of where that, uh, you know, how that has turned out. Today, both of these yield curves are well into negative territory. Uh, I'm going to go with the numbers and the result I say is no. This is saying uh, with this measurement that we have not seen uh, the worst of things yet. Now, I want to move on to moving averages, which is our second metric. But before I do that, 
And I just want to remind you that in addition to this channel, we also have our Investing Academy. And this is our online platform where we work with Canadians of all ages, literally from across the country, and we educate about investing particularly, but financial um, in financial issues in general. The course material is designed, and we've designed the course to take you from a raw beginner to a fully competent uh, investor who can build your own portfolio and manage it going forward. So I will put a link uh, for the uh, Investing Academy website in the description of this video. So now, moving averages. I use the S&P 500 uh, with its 200-day moving average here. And on the last update, we had seen the S&P, which is the blue line here, build a sustained level above the moving average. And that's something that we want to see as we move from a bear market into a bull market. This was so sustained, in fact, that last month it prompted me to change my uh, reading, my interpretation of that metric from a, um, a maybe to a yes. It, it looks like a bull market. It feels like a bull market. We've seen uh, a long enough, a number of months gone by, I think it was March or so, that we saw uh, that crossover and it's been uh, maintaining that. Now today, again, no change there. The S&P 500 is still holding above its 200-day exponential moving average. Just for interest sake, I'll also throw the NASDAQ on here. No surprise, uh, since mid-March, it also is uh, sustaining itself above that 200-day moving average. So as one of the pieces of the puzzle here, um, the result, my interpretation. Uh, last month, I changed mine to a yes. And no different here. I mean, it's really maintained that level. Um, I, I know that this conflicts with the first metric, but that's the whole point here is that we're looking at the numbers and just sort of seeing how they, you know, what type of a, of a picture of the different pieces of the puzzle form. So I'm going to stick with a yes. Um, we have seen the market bottom if we're looking strictly at the uh, S&P 500 during the, uh, versus the 200-day moving average. Now, the third metric that we look at every month here is the volatility index or the VIX. And this is the fear index. It measures you know, uncertainty out there in the market. When we last looked at this in June, it was well below the long-term average here. And that would indicate that the investors are very comfortable with the market. They're not anxious about a big drop coming uh, since June. Again, I mean, not a, not a ton lower, but that, that uh, number has slipped even a little bit lower. So if you are a bull, I mean, that's good. You don't, you don't want to um, see the number you know, spike up high. Um, last month, I interpreted this as a, for the first time ever, I called it a very, very cautious yes. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm sticking with that for this month here. And I say this somewhat reluctantly because, you know, I, I would have expected to have seen a big spike up in the, in the VIX. And that's kind of what I've been watching for over the last year. If this is one of those exceptions where the market works through, we see a soft landing uh, in the expected economic uh, recession, if we see one, we didn't see a spike up there. I'm okay with that. If that's what the numbers are saying, it's, it kind of goes counter to what we would expect. But that's why we look at the numbers, right? So we uh, take this. I'm going to say that very, very cautious. Um, yes, this would indicate that we have seen um, the bottom. So a couple of yeses there. Now we're going to move on to U.S. jobless claims. And this is the number that we've been looking at, again, since last August. And starting last October, we've seen a slow uptick each month. If we look at this chart here, we can see that pattern. And more recently, we've seen a flattening of those numbers. And we do want to see, obviously, we don't want to see those numbers continue to climb. That's not a good economic sign. Uh, hence, the expectation that when the, ec the economy is not doing well, we don't, wouldn't expect the stock market to do that well uh, either. The chart today, when we update it, is still flat. 
uh, for the most part. I mean, there's a recent uptick, uh, but you know, since our last update, if we look back even starting in April or so, there's been a very, very gradual uh, decline there. Now, the chart we've been looking at here is the continuing job claims. So these are people who have had at least one week on EIC, uh, UIC or EI as we call it here in Canada, and then are filing again. Now, I also want to look in this, uh, this month at the initial job claims. And we can see on this chart here that they're a little bit spikier here, as you might imagine, but also maybe a little bit more good news here. Those are starting to come down a little bit sharp, and I'm very curious to see in the coming months if those numbers continue to decline. And when I look at the U.S. Department of Labor uh, news release, we look at this every month, this is a little bit encouraging. It says in the week ending July 15, the advanced figure for seasonally adjusted initial claims was 228,000, a decrease of 9,000 from the previous week's unrevised level of 237. So generally you would say that's a good sign. We want to see those claims come down. When we look at the four week moving average, the report says the four week moving average was 237,500, a decrease of 9,250 from the previous week's unrevised average of 246,750. This chart here shows us that number of the four week moving average. And you know, when I interpret this, the continuing claims, yes, they're up a little bit. I'm going to give a significant weight to that moving average. So smooth things out a little bit, give us a, a, a more a balanced picture, I suppose you would say. Last month, I said no. The numbers I was seeing then were not yet to the point where I would you know, move that up to a maybe. I really want to see a more significant decline. But today, uh, based on that moving average primarily, I am going to knock that up just a notch into the maybe. They certainly don't say to me that we're through the worst of it, but I will uh, move that uh, my interpretation up to a maybe and we'll see what the, where are we today? July, we'll see what the, well, those are June numbers. We'll see uh, what the July numbers bring once we do this update in, in August. So I want to move on now to the fifth metric, which is the Baltic Dry Index. And when this number is falling, it's not typically a very good thing for the economy. We want to see goods moving around the world, being shipped around the world. And that's uh, you know basically what this measures. We can see when we looked at this last month that we had seen a decline, slight little flattening out there. Uh, since then, it's traded somewhat in a sideways range. There has been some up and downs, but for the most part, it's traded sideways and actually a little bit lower than we saw last time. Uh, just looking through the Marine Link website and um, the Baltic Dry reporting, which the most recent I could see here was June 30th, so a few weeks ago now, but they had this to say, the Baltic Exchange's main sea freight index recorded its worst week in four on Friday, dragged by a retreat across vessel segments, but the index advanced 11.7% for the month. So a little bit of mixed, um, mixed uh, interpretation here. My May verdict, was maybe. Uh, again, today I'm going to say that, uh, I, you know, I'm going to give this a maybe. I'm going to stay in that camp right here until we see something more solid. Uh, nothing really great here, nothing really bad here. So as one of the pieces of the puzzle, putting it somewhere right in the middle there. Now, the last metric we're going to look at today is uh, the PMI. And obviously we want a an expanding uh, manufacturing segment of the economy. If this number is above 50, the manufacturing sector is extra, uh, the manufacturing segment um, is expanding. If it's below, it's contracting. And the latest numbers are in for June. May, if you recall, was at 46.9. Well, when we look at things today, it's actually slipped to 46. So this is not good for the economy. The Institute for Supply Management website says, the U.S. manufacturing sector contracted in June as the manufacturing PMI registered 46% 
0.9 percentage points lower than the reading of 46.9% recorded in May. And we can see on this chart here, that continued downward slide. In its commentary, they say this is the eighth month now of contraction and continuation of a downward trend that began in June 2022. So when I look at this and I see now eight consecutive months of contraction uh, in the PMI, I just look, that can't really be a good thing. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm wondering, and I think I said last month, is the market maybe defying the reality here? Uh, sort of the, the, the market climbs a wall of worry and maybe that's what I'm feeling right now is there's potential downside here. Uh, but let me just sort of wrap it up here. Um, another uh, slight decline in the PMI. Last month, I said maybe when I look at this now, I'm actually demoting uh, my verdict because I just think there's there's too much slide here and it'll take a little bit for that to uh, to come up and usually that's going to coincide with uh, not the greatest uh, behavior in the markets. So to summarize things here, I'm saying the yield curve is telling me no, the moving average is yes, the VIX also is saying yes, jobless claims give me a maybe, the uh, BDI is saying maybe and the PMI is saying to me no. So we have two yeses, we have two noes and we have two maybes. Despite the recent gains, I still am not convinced that we don't have at least a significant downside uh, yet to come to the markets. We saw uh, when I started the video, uh, what can happen in a pretty short period of time. Um, not unheard of that the markets can correct and we saw that the amounts that those have to drop um, in order to uh, reach those lows. So, you know, whether we hit the lows or whether we just have a, a, a healthy correction in the markets, um, I don't know. I will reiterate, I get it that these, to a lot of people, these uh, these opinions, these, and this analysis is going, this analysis is going to seem uh, crazy, but uh, you know, that's, that's what I'm interpreting here. Uh, as always, don't rely on this information solely to make your investment decisions. Uh, I do a quarterly recap, and that is now live for Q2 2023. Uh, I will put a link in this video. You can check out that quarterly review. I will also put a link, as always, for our Investing Academy in the description of this video. Thank you so much for watching. I look forward to seeing you in the next video.